Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to KOVE 1330 AM, 107.7 FM, Community Connected. You're listening to Coffee Time. I'm your host, Vince Tropea. And as I mentioned before the break, and we're in studio today with Kyle Elmquist from the Wyoming Outdoor Council. He's a red desert advocate uh, here to talk about the film premiere of The Last of the Wild, a red desert story documentary film that's uh premiering this weekend. It's going to be uh, then going on a statewide tour. So it's going to be going across Wyoming and coming back here to Lander in May. Uh, Kyle's here to kind of give us some background information on the documentary and a little bit of uh, history on the Wyoming Outdoor Council. Give us a little background information on himself as well. But before we get into all of that, Kyle, how are we doing this morning? We're doing great. Thanks for having us, Vince. Kyle, I appreciate you coming in, taking the time to chat with us here at Coffee Time about uh, the last of the wild, a red desert story. Uh, Before we talk about the documentary, um, just for any of our listeners who might not know what the Wyoming Outdoor Council is, if you could kind of just give us a little background information on yourself and how you got involved with the Wyoming Outdoor Council. Yeah, the Wyoming Outdoor Council is a conservation organization founded in 1967 here in Lander, Wyoming. We focus on clean air, clean water, uh, public lands, wildlife issues across the state. Uh, Our founder, Tom Bell, uh, started it in 1967 following um, getting back from from World War II. Uh, You know, he was very much in the um, throes of of post-war trauma and went out to the red desert to uh, process a lot of healing out there. And that's a common tale uh, coming back from war, but then uh, seeking that solace out in nature, uh, especially out here. I've interviewed a number of folks uh, uh, here in Wyoming that uh, do those kinds of services, get veterans back out into uh, nature, and it has a bunch of therapeutic effects. Exactly. Exactly. And that's very much what Tom um, kind of return to the red desert for is for that, that wide open space, that solace, that solitude. And, you know, he was out there for, for years kind of processing a lot of those traumas and wounds. And, um, you know, as his story goes, that landscape was a huge healing element mm-hmm, for him. Mm-hmm. And that really inspired him then to go on into conservation, start up the Wyoming Outdoor Council and pursue an entire career in, uh, you know, environmental issues and protecting these these places that are public lands. Well, that's such an interesting aspect and a way of looking at uh, nature conservancy, too, is uh, the therapeutic aspects of it. And, you know, others may see any no any other number of reasons why they uh, might be wanting to conserve that area but for for the sound from the sounds of it tom i mean that he might be thinking about other people who that could be providing that uh, therapy for absolutely and that's you know a long legacy of the red desert is um people really go out there to find solitude mm-hmm. and to be alone and you know be with themselves and with their thoughts and you know if they're they're healing for something or just, you know, want that opportunity to, you know, get in touch with themselves or, you know, go see some wildlife, explore some places that 
don't get a lot of traffic. Exactly. You know, the big open skies. There's no place better. Well, I just think, are you from the area or have you lived here long? I've lived here for shoot going on 20 years now. Okay. Yeah. And I've been here for about 13 and it's the same kind of thing for anybody who's not from the area that moves in it. Everyone has the same thing. It's just how calming it is. Yeah. You know, when you're out there, you have those wide open spaces out there. It is, it's mega calming and, uh, definitely something that needs to be, uh, preserved and, uh, brought attention to. And now that, uh, I kind of want to get some background info then on the uh, documentary, the last of the wild, a red desert story. How does that tie in with, uh, the Wyoming Outdoor Council's mission and what's your involvement with it? Great. So like, like you said, my, my role here at the Outdoor Council is a red desert advocate. So my primary job is to advocate for the red desert and everything that makes that landscape so special. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about wildlife habitat, migration corridors, um, sage, core sage grouse, um, habitat, um, cultural and indigenous, uh, archaeological sites. There's lots of areas out there where there's, you know, petroglyphs and, you know, other um, areas that are very sacred and important to the tribes. Mm -hmm. And and they're looking to, you know, make sure that those places are respected and protected um, for future generations. And, um, you know, so just trying to be able to represent a landscape and an environment that um, doesn't get a lot of attention for, for these values of actually protecting it for future generations. Yeah. And all those reasons you just mentioned as well too. I mean, we, anybody who doesn't know that background uh, may just look at that area and see a vast, uh, open landscape, but they don't realize how important the sage grouse are to uh, the ecosystem, how important those migration corridors are for just, uh, uh the, the rest of the, the food chain and, uh, those, those natural migrations. And then, uh, those sacred lands that we may not have, uh, names for, but the tribes have names for some of those creeks, some of those roads that, uh, or trails that, uh, seem like they're, uh, remote, but know that people know that they're there. Yeah. And they've been, you know, utilized and been home to indigenous people for thousands and thousands of years. So it's, it's really important to, um, you know, a lot of tribes, including the Shoshone, Arapaho, Ute, Bannock, many, many others have ancestral ties to that land. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, building off of that, the, it's just a, it's an intact ecosystem, which is so rare these days. I mean, we have so many great opportunities for development in this state, you know? Um, and a lot of places do have those, you know, um, impacts on the landscape. What's special about the red desert is it's one of those last few remaining landscapes that is undeveloped, that is untouched, that is interconnected. You know, it's renowned for being the largest unfenced, expanse in the lower 48, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is just incredible. You can go out there and walk for hours and days and never see a fence. And, um, those, the, the integrity of that type of landscape that actually hasn't been disturbed, that is still the way it has been for, you know, centuries and thousands of years is, is very rare. It's very rare. And it's right there. It's our backyard. We yep. need to do our part to take care of it. Uh, so I'm interested in the origin of the documentary, uh, itself. Um, who, who's responsible for this, uh, the, the filmmakers and production? Well, the director is, uh, Kirk Rasmussen and, uh, the producers are the Wyoming Outdoor Council and the Indigenous Land Alliance of Wyoming. Um, you know, there have been citizens, friends, communities invested in the long-term conservation efforts of the Red Desert. 
four decades, going back to, as I said, our, our founder at the Outdoor Council, Tom Bell. And before that, I mean, the first conservation efforts were probably back in the early 1900s. Okay. Yeah. Wanted to see it as a um, wildlife refuge. Mm-hmm, and there were efforts. Mm-hmm. And, and since then, you know, every decade since then, since the early 1900s, there have been efforts to secure this landscape and, and its um, wildlife habitat, you know, migration corridors, and make sure that it stays intact for future generations. So this is really just a, um, you know, next step in that long lineage of, of efforts. And, um, you know, we, we've seen it. It's, it's part of our origin story at the Outdoor Council, but it's something that we are very committed to seeing through and, and working with the Bureau of Land Management, um, other land agencies, to make sure that these wildlife priorities and these uh, cultural priorities are um, respected, elevated, and get included into um, how we manage these landscapes. And that's a big focus of the documentary is telling that story. Telling that story. Exactly. That's what the, the it's all about is telling the story of um, the indigenous conservation and wildlife values out there. This uh, So it's going to be premiering this weekend. Uh, can you give us the where, the wins, and information on tickets uh, if people have to RSVP uh, as open to the public, uh, those kind of details? Great. Yeah, Vince. It is free and open to the public. The more the merrier. Bring your friends and family. Uh, The premiere is this Saturday, um, April 22nd at the CWC Auditorium over in Riverton. Uh, It's followed by a panel hosted by Yufna Soldier Wolf with the Indigenous Land Alliance talking with uh, Jason Baldez, um, Wes Martell, and Mary Headley. Um, so there's going to be a nice in-depth conversation afterwards, followed by a social hour with uh, beverages and food. So it's going to be a very nice community event. Uh, that does sound amazing, especially I, I know a few of the people that you mentioned right there, too. So having uh, those folks on hand to be able to uh, field questions is going to be amazing. Great people. Um, 5 to 7 p.m. 5 to sure. 7? Yep. Okay, so it starts at 5, so people should show up a little bit before that? Or is it kind of doors open at 5? Doors open at 5. Come okay. on in. Film will probably start around 5.30 to six, uh, panel will go from six to six thirty. Social hour from six thirty to seven. So premieres uh, the twenty second. But then I do know that you mentioned before the interview started that uh, it's going to be going on a, a tour after that. Correct? Yeah. So next week we're heading down, and um, we have a film screening in Laramie next Thursday, April twenty seventh, and then in Rock Springs next Friday, April twenty eighth. And then we have one uh, over in Pinedale on Thursday, May 11th, and another one here in Lander on Friday, May 19th. Okay. Um, Yeah. You can uh, find information um, about the locations, the venues on our website at wyomingoutdoorcouncil.org. Also look for posters and social media posts. Um, Lots of people have been promoting it, and we really appreciate all the support. Um, and then, you know, building on that, we're probably going to gear up for a second round film tour this upcoming fall. Okay, we'll probably great. go over to Casper, Cody, 
maybe Jackson, probably down to Rollins and some other communities that we weren't able to squeeze in this spring. That's a really cool, uh, good idea and a cool concept that I've seen uh, other locally made documentaries do as well, too, because it, it helps uh, drum up interest to other people who, like you said, timing issues may have not have uh, been able to be worked out. And then other times it's like, oh, OK, so that's what that was. And that's the kind of reception it had. And then people have a little bit better idea. So splitting it up like that will be great. Yeah. Um, now, like you said, the best way to stay in, in uh, up to date with all of that is on the Wyoming Outdoor Council uh, website, correct? That is, yep. And then uh, that's the same name of the uh, social media pages on Facebook and all that that's as true. well? Yep. Okay, great. Kyle, was there anything else that you think that uh, our listeners or uh, and, and eventual readers might want to know about the film premiere or about the Wyoming Outdoor Council? Do you guys have anything else coming up that you wanted to talk about? Mainly just, you know, gearing up for a lot of our Red Desert work where we're, you know, trying to get as many people involved and invested in the landscape as possible. I mean, it's it's cherished by outdoor recreationists, hunters, anglers, um, you know, rock hounds, people who um, care about wildlife, sage grouse, um, you know, all the, the local tribes have uh, deep ancestral ties to this landscape. And, um, at the Wyoming Outdoor Council, we're just doing our very best to advocate for, you know, the, the best, um, care and stewardship and advocacy of that landscape as we can. And, uh, and again, that's, that's community driven. That's people who care about the wildlife, care about the cultural sites, care about, um, everything that makes that place so special. Uh, are you looking for volunteers or anything like that? Is that something that you guys are, are needing right now in any capacity? Yeah. For everyone who is uh, inspired by the landscape and wants to be involved, please go on to the wyomingoutdoorcouncil.org website. Um, sign up if, if you'd like to become a member. The great thing about our membership is it's it's whatever you want to give. It's you know anything from a dollar to you know, how, whatever your, your means are. And really it's just an opportunity We're we're largely member driven, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that's how you stay in the loop with, um, notifications, emails, what our efforts are. We, um, you know, keep the public apprised of the issues that are going on in our state, how to take action, how to volunteer, how to reach out to your local legislators to, um, articulate your concerns and have your, your, um, priorities heard. And, um, that's what we really try and do our best at is kind of being that, um, connection between, you know, the environment and local communities. So helping getting all that information out to the folks, uh, Kyle, once again, thanks for coming in today uh, and chatting with us about the last of the wild, a red desert story documentary that's going to be premiering this weekend. Uh, you can read all about that and the information behind it at the Wyoming outdoor council website. Uh, thanks again for coming in today, Kyle. Thanks Vince. Appreciate you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more coffee time after a quick word from our sponsor. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.